Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is the Improv Chronicle podcast. I'm Lloydie. It's Tuesday, 5th November, 2019. If you're an improviser, you may know this feeling. You did a show last night and you wake up and feel dreadful. Not necessarily due to the amount of booze you poured liberally into your body, but because you think your show last night sucked. And as a result, you're looking at a boiling kettle wondering if you were ever good at improv, or if actually, you're a charlatan and you've been found out. So what do we do about this? Well, my first stop was to get on the phone to a talented teammate of mine in the UK to see if this is something she experiences. Hello, my name is Heather Urquhart and I'm an improviser with The Maydays and Showstopper and I'm also a co-artistic director of the Nursery Theatre. Do you know the feeling when you have that little dip where you're like, oh no, I'm a fraud, I've lost the magic power of improv? Of course, I absolutely, I think it'd be worrying to never have that feeling. Why do you think it would be worrying never to have that feeling? I think it's human, actually, to feel like that. I think uh, part of the the joy of improvising is that you're putting yourself out there on stage. It, you don't have a script. You don't have a director, or sometimes you do. But um, all the material you produce on stage is literally coming from your head and your heart. So if you didn't have any doubts or fears about that, then I think it would make you a bit of a robot. One of the coaches I've been directed by is Tim Sniffen. Tim's a member of musical improv group Baby Wants Candy, improvised Shakespeare company, and spent six months on the Second City main stage. For me, he seems invincible in improv terms. He can't possibly have bad shows, can he? I have many shows like that. And I know one thing that was really comforting to me was one of the people I really, I still look up to and really looked up to when I was coming up in Chicago was Ed Furman who is just one of the funniest people I've ever seen. He's so he's just so funny on stage, but there's also a sense of wild abandon. I think it must be fun to be in shows with him because I think you just don't know what he's going to come at you with. And somehow, maybe it was in an interview or someone was talking to him before the show, and he said, oh, I'm always ready for this to be the show where it's clear that I've lost it and maybe I never had it and all of the public can see what a fraud I am. And it, it was, of course, so comforting to me to hear someone that in my mind is bulletproof have those thoughts as well. So I had I had a show recently 
where I hadn't done a show with the Improvised Shakespeare Company for probably a few months or so. And then we were on the road in New Orleans, and it was a big theater. It's terrible to ever put pressure on an improv show, but this is one that you just really wanted it to go well. It was a big crowd. You knew that, you know, people had paid more than $5 to come see us. And I absolutely had a wonky show that I did not actively destroy the show, but also was one where you're like, wow, I am I am keeping up with everyone else. And so that was, you know, yet another splash of cold water and reckoning of like, oh, right, this isn't effortless. You have to be in a good place just to have a good show or, you know, it's it's you can't totally control it. And then a week later, we did another one. Similarly, it was on tour. But I think because of that near boredom experience from a week before, I thought, come on, like, just make sure and be in a really good place to listen and heighten, blah, blah, blah. And it was a much better show. And I thought, oh, look, the two almost worked together. The shadow of the week before thinking like, wow, I'm not bringing a ton. Maybe I'm supporting things, but I'm not bringing a ton to then a show of, yep, the five of us are doing this together. Every one of us is bringing something cool and you just, you feel a lot better. But it's it's always riding out the balance between shows where you feel off your game. And I think as a direct result, shows that you then feel back in, in your zone where you're at your best. UCB performer and teacher Chelsea Clark has taught countless students and done countless shows on the UCB stage in New York. Do you think that these berries and banana and... <laughs> the fruit uh, cocktail? <laughs> do you think they were chopped lawfully or do you think that some foul uh, play? There's only one way to find out later. <laughs> My wife suspects that the fruit was chopped uh, unlawfully. <laughs> not 100% sure what that would mean. She's always been a fearless stage performer to me, and yet she knows the feeling of a bad show as well. Some shows you kill it and you feel great, and some you don't, and it's and that's both, both are valid parts of this. And I'd be lying if I... I can remember distinctly, like, being the next day in the shower, just, like, head against the tile, being like... I can't believe I did that yesterday and being like, I'll never forget how bad I was. And you do, you don't forget like the, <laughs> the, the feeling of like, Oh, my students were in the crowd or my in-laws were in the crowd or whoever, you know, it's really d- difficult to have a bad show. But uh, I think the better you get, the higher your bar is too. So sometimes there can be a little bit of a skewed perspective on what is actually bad. If you've just come off stage and you've had a bad one, do you allow yourself any time to, you know, have like a a mini 20 minute pity party or anything? Or are you like, nope, I'm just going to go and uh, and do something else? You have to allow it a little bit because you're a human and it's that's totally part of knowing that you wanted to be great and that you can be great. Um, But pretty early on, I had a great coach, Zach Woods, uh, who coached our the first Herald team I was on in New York. And we had a bad show or what we thought was a bad show. And we came backstage and everyone was bummed out. And, you know, some people were like, well, maybe I'm not good at this. And he really nipped it in the bud. And he said, you can't, you can't have uh, a pity party. It's self-indulgent. And that's the one that made me be like, you're right. I think it's not productive to, to do this. 
I've seen it become a self-fulfilling prophecy for people, especially sometimes as you get a very sensitive person who takes a particular note very hard and they become obsessed with it. And something where it's like, I've had friends, I'm like, oh God, I, I don't see that as your note at all, but someone you really respect said it. And then from there on out, I watched you hyper-focus on it and it, and it became a problem, like a true problem for you that you had to like work through, you know, being blue or being, you know, uh, not heightening or whatever. Things that you can really get in your, your own way there if you if you focus too much on the negative. Was that, was that my note, being blue and not heightening? Because that sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Lloyd. I thought I was on a different podcast. Oh, yeah. You thought you were on the back line, didn't you? That's fine. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Those guys are killing it right now. Chelsea's point about not beating yourself up too much resonates with Tim Sniffen, too. Like beating yourself up or going over your own moves feels like even if you're feeling bad about yourself it is still kind of an egotistical act because the idea that like you single-handedly ruined everything is a little bit like okay you weren't that critical to the show like i think it's good to take a day or two but probably no more than that because you know if things go really badly you start to develop this mythology of like i'm not very good at this and you don't want that to take hold what I really try to do is rip my own consciousness out of my head and really turn it back to the show. I always think, like, serve the show. Because, you know, the sneaky side effect of that is you often serve yourself by having a really fun show and being associated with a fun show. But when you're really getting kind of like into your own... <laughs> Oh, what you know? How how can I best approach this to have a good show again for me? It's just a dangerous path, and it isn't in line with improv. So I try to, um, as much as possible, like give my take myself by the shoulders, give myself a good shake, and put my attention back on that place on stage that's sort of in between all five or however many players. Like, go to that place. What does the show need? Get out of, like, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. And it's just, like, that has never led me wrong. Going back to what the show needs, watching, like, hyper-focusing on what every person is bringing to a show, supporting that, gets you away from, okay, I've got to make a move that is so good, it will undo my bad streak and put me back on top and in, like, the hearts of the audience. Like, that, that is never going to work. And while you're busy formulating that power move that's going to reestablish your dominance, five other things have happened in the show that you just missed. Heather thinks you need to be able to accept the roller coaster of improv. I remember talking to Rebecca Sohn a few years ago, and uh, she's been improvising for over 30 years. And talking about having a couple of months off in 30 years and then coming back and feeling really kind of rusty. And I just thought, oh, I think there is something to just keep coming back to it. And um, accepting that you don't feel great about it is sort of part of the process, really, for a long term improviser, I think. I think it can be very hard for people to accept that, the, the, I don't know, they're, they're not having uh, the best of times on stage or at least not doing their best work, particularly is when people say, well, hey, I'm an improviser. So you're kind of saying my very self is, is not great right now. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It is really hard. 
I mean, I think as well, it maybe depends on whether or not it's a a one night or a one week dip or whether it's a sort of more long term dip and then kind of looking at the reasons for that. Because I know that personally, if I'm having a a one evening dip, you know, I come to a show and I'm feeling a little bit under the weather or a bit pressured. Uh, the thing that just helps me to remember is that it's a team sport. Um, I had that on Friday night. In fact, I was doing a show and I was feeling a bit like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. But you just look around and you think I'm part of a team and it's not on you. You know, if you're <laughs> if you're a human being, you can just be there as cannon fodder uh, and giving yourself a break. And actually, I think the, the ironic thing about that is whenever you say, I don't have to do anything, I'm part of a team, it automatically lifts the pressure and you end up being quite active in those shows, I think, I find. But why is it improvisers have this periodic sense of being a fraud? Well, it's a very subjective field. There's no one person that can anoint you with, you know, the idea that from now on you will always be absolutely fascinating and entertaining. And if there were such a person, we, I don't think eventually we would stop believing them because we'd be like, well, wait, what do they know? So as a result, all you're basing your self-worth on is your own perception of yourself, others' perception of you, the audience's perception. And those are wildly subjective things. So when they don't line up, there's often nothing to fall back on. You can't say, well, I did go to four years of this prestigious university and, you know, I, I can look to that. Everyone can take classes or study. But again, that's sort of just training, rehearsing. It, it increases the odds somewhat that on average your shows are better. But on those in those moments where you think, Ugh, I don't know, there's no universal guarantee that you can turn back on that says, no, no, I've got it. I know that I do. And I have this ironclad uh, <laughs> promise that I every show is going to kill. Having your perception of the show, your teammates perception of the show and the audience's perception of the show line up. That's that's kind of asking a lot of things, isn't it? Yeah, it's and it's rare. And you can't predict it. The best you can do is begin to feel it when it's happening and just lean into it. And even then, if you try to get too controlling about it, that can wreck it as well. So I think the best you can do is begin to develop the vague sense of when you're having a good show. I wonder how much of this is improvisers misjudging themselves. If the audience is digging it, it's more down to how we're feeling on that day, surely. Is this whole feeling about bad shows a degree, at least, of misconception? Chelsea Clark. There can be um, a misperception, especially if you're focusing on something. You know, my focus is to do X kind of herald or uh, my team's focus. We've been really working on doing this or me personally. I really wanted to, you know, how feel this way after the show. And then if that doesn't happen, you might miss that. Well, but it was a good show. And there was really funny stuff that other people did or that we did as a group. And maybe I didn't hit the exact thing I wanted. So I think that there is kind of a misconception between or there's a not quite a parallel between what's actually happening and how you're feeling. That being said, sometimes things are bad and it's like that's okay too. Um, and sometimes <laughs> and sometimes you nail it like that. You, you are not you didn't do a great show. Um, and uh, there still could be salvageable, fun, delightful things 
uh, about that show, especially if, you know, you've got someone who hasn't seen a lot of improv. I think it all feels like pizza and magic to them for a little bit anyway. So how do we rid ourselves of this feeling of improv angst? Tim Sniffen. What I really try to do is rip my own consciousness out of my head and really turn it back to the show. I always think, like, serve the show. Because, you know, the sneaky side effect of that is you often serve yourself by having a really fun show and being associated with a fun show. But when you're really getting kind of like into your own, oh, what, you know, how, how can I best approach this to have a good show again for me? It's just a dangerous path and it isn't in line with improv. So I try to, um, as much as possible, like give my, take myself by the shoulders, give myself a good shake and put my attention back on that place on stage that's sort of in between all five or however many players like, go to that place. What does the show need? Get out of, like, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. And it's just, like, that has never led me wrong. Going back to what the show needs, watching, like, hyper-focusing on what every person is bringing to a show, supporting that, gets you away from, okay, I've got to make a move that is so good, it will undo my bad streak and put me back on top and in, like, the hearts of the audience. Like, that, that is never going to work. And while you're busy formulating that power move that's going to reestablish your dominance, five other things have happened in the show that you just missed. And I've had that happen. I've been in that show where you're you're trying to do your he hath returned type play, and it's just, it's <laughs> it's sad to witness and to live. So I like try to just knock myself down a little bit and go back to like you're you're a part in this and you're the best thing you can do is kind of turn back outside of yourself and and see what's needed. Next time on the Improv Chronicle podcast. You show up for your team rehearsal and someone's there in the room stretching as if their life depends on it. The purpose of different warm-ups is hotly debated in teams and improv communities. Some prefer a full stretch and theatrical warm-up. Some improvisers hate warm-ups so much, they never do them. So what's the point in warming up for a rehearsal or show? And what evidence is there that warm-ups actually work? The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and presented by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. Please subscribe and rate us on your favourite podcast app. And if you have an idea for a possible episode, get in touch via the website, improvchronicle.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.